Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor of Lighthouse Vineyard Church. And uh, I'm joining you today from Main Street Coffee Roasters in Napanee, Indiana. Now, this coffee shop is one of my favorite coffee shops. When we were first starting the church about two years ago, I didn't have an office, so I spent a lot of time working on messages, replying to emails in this coffee shop, and it was always busy. There were people everywhere. Sometimes it was hard to find a seat. And as you can see today, um, it's closed. This is uh, I'm recording this on a Friday afternoon when typically this would be bustling with activity and people, and uh, they're closed for the foreseeable future. Uh, the coronavirus has adjusted everybody's reality today. Um, coffee shops are closed, schools are closed, restaurants are closed. They've closed most of the professional um, activities that are going on, the NBA and NCAA, and then they've also closed movie theaters and sending people home. So this is a different time. This is a different season. Uh, it's nothing I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm sure it's nothing you've ever seen in your lifetime as well. But uh, this isn't the first time something like this has happened in our country or in our world. Back in the 14th century, the bubonic plague uh, just raged all through Europe and Asia and Africa. And it was estimated that 50 million people died as a result of that plague. And also in 1918, there was the Spanish flu pandemic that swept throughout the world and 500 million people were infected at that time. And at that time, that was one third of the population. 17 to 50 million people, somewhere in there, 17 million to 50 million people died as a result. Just in the United States alone, there were 675,000 people that died. So I read a story on the Spanish flu pandemic. It was talking about uh, the results in Washington, D.C. And there were 50,000 cases in Washington, D.C. with 3,000 people who died. And during that time, the government asked the churches if they would stop meeting so that the flu wouldn't continue to spread through those congregations. And so they did. They did on October 4th, 1918. The, the churches stopped meeting altogether. And then a month later, on Sunday, November 3rd, they were able to start meeting again. The, the flu had started to drop and they were able to meet again. So we're seeing ourselves facing the same circumstances today. We're no longer able to meet in our building, but we are able to continue to meet and to to. Uh, read scripture together and to worship together. So the, the marvel of technology is allowing us to do that now. And so my hope is that this won't last very long. And just like back in 1918, we'll be able to start meeting again very soon. But I think a question that we have for all of us, I know it's a question I've been asking myself as well, is what do we do? How do we respond? How do I respond as a pastor? How do I respond as a follower of Christ? How do we respond as the church in this crisis situation? And so I've studied this week and, and found a story of Jesus 
where he was in a crisis situation. And I want to read that to us today because I think that it really uh, kind of lends us some advice as to how we should handle the crisis today. So you can look in your Bibles. Uh, we'll be in Luke chapter 8, verse 22. And uh, I'm going to be reading a few verses from there. But in this section of Scripture, the 12 disciples are in crisis. I mean, they are scared. They are afraid. They think they're going to drown. They think they're going to die. And uh, Jesus is not so worried. In fact, Jesus is asleep. So let me read this section to you. Verse 22, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So I believe we can get a few pieces of advice from this scripture and from the story today. Uh, our message for today is called Coronavirus 2020, Our Response in This Time of Crisis. So I'll give you a couple of things that you can fill in. You should have received an email with some handouts, and you can fill these in if you would like or just follow along. But let me pray and then I'll get started. So Father, we come to you right now and we recognize that this is very different than being in church face to face, God. But I believe that your Holy Spirit transcends all of our understanding and, and technology and, and pandemics and everything else, God. And so we invite your Holy Spirit to speak to us individually wherever we are, whether we're in our car or we're waiting somewhere in a, in a line or we're sitting at home watching this with maybe some friends and family around a coffee table. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would show up and that you would speak to us in this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, a couple of things that you can fill in if you would like. In a time of crisis, Jesus, number one, had incredible peace. I mean, he had incredible peace. If we go back to the scripture, he says, so they got into a boat and set out and they sailed and Jesus, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him. So in the midst of the storm, with the boat rocking back and forth, with waves coming over the bow, the disciples are afraid for their lives and Jesus is still sleeping. I mean, that's an incredible amount of peace. I don't know about you, but I've been out on a big lake. I was in Lake Michigan not too many years ago fishing, and we were on a pretty good-sized boat, probably bigger than what the disciples were in. And the waves were coming in, and we were catching fish, so we're staying out there in the wind and the waves, and I got sick to my stomach. I ended up getting sick over the side of the boat. And, uh, but there was no way in the midst of, that, of those waves and the wind that I could sleep. But Jesus, in the midst of the storm, was sleeping. That's an incredible amount of peace. So in this time of crisis, we need the peace of Jesus in our lives. We need it to fill us up and then to have it run over into the lives of those around us. Jesus isn't afraid 
in the midst of this. He knew this was coming. He's been prepared. And his peace is available to each one of us. I love the scripture from Psalms chapter 4, verse 8. It says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. We are counting on God's safety and his peace to surround us. Because let's face it, this world is out of control. Things that we thought we had control of, our jobs, our school, even the place where we went to go have church together, it's all changed. It's completely out of our control. But Jesus is not afraid. And he has an incredible amount of peace within him that is available to each one of us. As I look back at the beginning of this year, I am grateful for God's direction. I am grateful for God's preparation. Many of us here at Lighthouse participated in a 21-day fast. And during those 21 days, we went deeper in our faith walk. We were able to connect more with God. And I believe everyone who participated grew closer to God. Who knew that by just the end of February, just a few days, a few weeks later, we would need that depth. We would need that closeness to God. We would need that peace from God. God knew what was going to happen, and he prepared us in his grace. And, uh, and I believe that we're able to reap from that time of sowing and to, to dig deep into the peace of Christ during this season. So now more than ever, the world needs us to emulate the peace of Christ. That's point number one. And number two, another thing that I saw is that in a time of crisis, Jesus addressed their concerns. He addressed their concerns. The disciples cried out, we're going to drown. And Jesus didn't yell at them. He just said, okay, let me take care of this. And he, and he went out and he calmed the sea. And, and just he, he acknowledged their concerns and he addressed them. In our world today, there are many people who are worried. There are many people who are concerned. And, and even if you don't think it's quite such a big deal, maybe, um, we need to be ready to address the concerns of other people, to acknowledge them, to show compassion, because this is a big deal. And hopefully they find a cure next week um, and then it all just kind of goes away. But, it, but right now we have people who are losing sleep and they're worried. And we have people probably here in the near future who are going to need to be taken to the doctor or they're going to need groceries or whatever. And we just need to look at their concerns, their legitimate concerns, and be willing to have compassion towards them. Just know that the world is watching us, guys. And so I think it's important for us to not argue and to chase down conspiracy theories. This is an opportunity for us to really shine peace and to and have compassion for the world who is really pretty upset right now. One of the things we can do is, is offer to pray for people as well. That's a, that's a, a great way to uh, address their concerns. Number three, in a time of crisis, Jesus had faith in his Father, had an incredible amount of faith. And in fact, he asked the disciples, he said, where is your faith? When, when he, after he, he calmed the wind and, and the waters. And it reminded me of a story that I just heard recently where a, uh, a man was flying in an airplane and uh, as he was flying, the, they hit some turbulence. And so the plane started just bouncing up real high. And then it would take a dive. And then it would bounce to the right, bounce to the left. And, and this man, even though he was kind of a veteran in flying, 
he got pretty worked up on it and he was hanging on to his handles, his arm rails really tightly. And he was just worried about what was happening around him. And then he looked over at uh, this other seat and there was a little girl uh, just sitting there. She's on her, on her phone playing a video game and she's just bouncing around. She's just bouncing around and she didn't look like she was concerned at all. He couldn't figure that out. So after they finally were able to land the plane, he, he took off his seatbelt and he rushed over to that little girl and he said, why weren't you worried? The rest of us were all concerned during the turbulence. And uh, the little girl said, my dad's the pilot and he's taking me home. And I heard that story and it struck my heart because, you know, it begs the question, who do we think is in charge? You know, God is in charge. And he is the pilot of this world, of this plane that we're on. And, and we may have a lot of turbulence, but we can have faith in our Father. We can have faith in our Father that he is going to watch over us, that he is going to protect us. And we can trust that he has our best interests in mind. Now more than ever, we need to have faith in God. I want to go back to the Spanish flu of 1918. Because I did a little research and I said, what happened? How did it seem to end? And this is what I found on Wikipedia. It said, after the lethal second wave struck in late 1918, new cases dropped abruptly, almost to nothing after the peak in the second wave. In Philadelphia, for example, 4,597 people died in the week ending October 16th. But by November 11th, influenza had almost disappeared from the city. So it ended in just a few weeks' time. It was completely gone. And so they, they've kind of studied that. They have some theories as to why it ended so quickly, but nobody really knows. But you know what I believe? I have a theory of my own. I believe God ended it. I believe that God answered the prayers of the church because during that time, the church was not able to meet but the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. And I believe that during that time, the people were on their knees praying for an end to the pandemic. And that's what happened. It was miraculous. And so that's something that I believe that we can be doing during this time is we can be having faith in God that he will end this. And he will end this on our behalf. So that takes me into, I have just a few things that I feel like we can do during this time and that very first thing is that we can pray and we need to be praying we need to be on our knees praying day and night and praying for an end to this pandemic praying for an end in our country praying for an end of this pandemic in our world second chronicles seven thirteen is a is a wonderful scripture for all of us during this time it says when i shut up the when i shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. That's what we need right now. We need God to hear from heaven, to turn to us, and we need him to heal our land. So we need to humble ourselves, guys. We need to get on our knees and we need to pray and seek God. And if we are in some type of a sin area, we need to confess our sins. We need to get right with God and spend time just with God and in his word and, and with his people. 
So that's something that we can do right now. Another thing, a practical thing that we should be doing as a family of God is, you know, we need to pray and then we need to obey. We need to obey the laws of the land. I know they keep shifting quite a bit, but we need to be um, obeying the laws, even if we don't agree with them. Romans uh, chapter 13, verses 1 and 5 say this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And then verse 5, it says, Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. So we need to obey the law. And I know things are shifting quite a bit here in the state of Indiana. They said that you couldn't meet in groups larger than 250 people. And then they shifted and said, well, you can't meet in groups of greater than 50 people. And then the CDC and President Trump came out with some recommendations and said, you shouldn't even meet in groups greater than 10. Well, we need to know the difference between the law and a recommendation. So the law today says we cannot meet in groups greater than 50. Um, there are recommendations to meet. Uh, you can't meet in groups greater than 10, but that's not the law today. Now, by the time you're watching this video, that could be the law. It's hard to know. So, But we need to obey the law. And then at the same time, we need to have grace for everyone because there are going to be some people who say, well, I want my home group to still meet. And there's 15 of us. And you know what? They're not breaking the law. Even if they're not following a recommendation, they're not breaking the law. And we need to have grace for that. And then there are going to be people who say, you know what? I don't feel like my health condition allows me to take the risk. And so I'm not going to meet with even a group of five people. And that's okay. We need to have grace for that as well. But during this time, let's obey the laws. Let's try to follow recommendations. But if it's possible, let's continue to meet together. Let's continue to pray together. Let's continue to read scripture together as well. So we need to pray. We need to obey. And then the last uh, couple is we need to stay. And we need to stay calm for one thing. All right. I've kind of already touched on this, but what the world needs now more than ever is peace. And there, there's a lot of frantic things going on, and we need to have peace. We need to stay calm. I want to show you this video because this video shows one of the things that we can do during this time is we can listen to worship music. Because I don't know about you, but when I listen to worship music, man, that brings an incredible amount of peace to me. So watch this video. This is my niece, Bristol, who is three years old. So I love that video because it shows that even at a young age, we can get lost in worship. And I would encourage you, we all have, seem to have a lot of time on our hands. Let's get lost in worship again. Let's just spend time listening to so much, so many good videos out there. And if you go to our YouTube channel, we have links to quite a few of those worship songs that are out there. Just keep getting immersed in worship. Another thing that helps me to stay calm is to turn off the TV. 
Um, I was at a friend's house the other day and, and up on his big screen, he had, you know, Fox News and CNN. And I'll tell you what, it was one story after another, after another, that was just like making me anxious, you know? So I would just, just encourage you. I mean, it's okay to, to, to get an understanding of what's going on in the world, but please don't spend every day and night just watching the news feed because that's not going to help you to stay calm by any means. So kind of turn off the TV, watch it only when you need to. Another thing that we can do is we need to, we need to stay calm. We need to stay generous as well. We've all seen the stories. You know, the Walmart shelves are empty. Um, people can't find bread. They can't find meat. And it's not because there's not av- enough available. It's because people are buying more than they need. And so let's not be hoarders during this time. Let's trust God and trust one another. And let's be willing to share. Let's be willing to share. This is a great time for us to be generous as a, as a people. Look for people who are in need. So if you happen to have a one-year supply of toilet paper already, um, maybe that's when it's time to go onto Facebook and say, if anyone needs toilet paper, I have it freely available uh, and let's be generous to one another. Um, and oh, by the way, let's be generous with the church as well. Uh, if you're used to giving in person, well, that's changed quite a bit. Now we need to be able to give online or mail-in checks. Uh, please try to do that. If you have any questions, contact me, let me know. And then the last practical thing that we can do during this time is to stay connected. And I'll tell you what, this is the one that has me most concerned. Um, I've never done virtual church before, and I've never done virtual home groups before, but we're moving into a season where we need to be able to do that. I've done a lot of phone calls. I've done a lot of Skype meetings and video conferencing, and, and I know that it works. I've, I've done it before, but, but it was more of an add-on. It wasn't something I was relying on. So here we are. Uh, we're in the 21st century, and Praise God, we have all of this technology. We have cameras and, and computers and iPads and all of those things to be able to watch videos. Um, but it's going to take a lot of effort on our part to stay connected. So during this time, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, or you just want to reach out, find me on Facebook, Clint Schwartz, S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, or uh, find me, and send me an email, clint at lighthousevineyard.church. I am constantly checking my email, and I'll get back to you. Um, Get to know one another. Let's reach out to one another. Let's be in contact. If you're in a home group, keep meeting as a home group. As long as they let us continue to meet in person, let's do that. Uh, If we're not able to meet in person anymore, if they change the laws here, like they've already started to change the laws over in South Bend, St. Joe County, then let's meet virtually. I had a meeting with our home group leaders uh, just the other night. And we talked through some of the technology on how we can still continue to do like group chats and video conferencing and things like that. Because what has me probably the most concerned during this time is to not be connected. And I'm not so worried about the hundred or so people here at the church who are in a home group. I'm more concerned with the hundred or so people who are not currently in a home group. And my, 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 my appeal to you is that during this time, 
let's reach out. Just reach out to me. Send me an email. Let me know that you want to be in a community, a small group community, and I will get you connected into a home group. And in that home group, again, if they can meet in person, they will. If they can't, they will uh, do virtual meetings. And also, our home groups are gathering together to watch these messages on Sundays. Uh, because I think it's better to watch this message in a group than it is to watch this message by ourselves. So we're asking our home groups to gather together, either virtually or in person, watch these messages. And every week, we're going to be sending out uh, discussion questions afterwards. Because my hope is we'll not only watch the message, but then we'll, we'll talk through it and digest it together. This is going to be the most difficult part, I think, during this season of not meeting in a building together is to establish and maintain community. So I need your help uh, to participate in that. So let's push together on that. Send me a message if you want to be part of a small group, and we'll get you connected. Well, in closing, I just want to let you know that I don't know what we're doing. Uh, I've talked to some of my pastor friends, and they don't know what we're doing either. Uh, this is unprecedented in our day and age. But I can be sure that you can be sure that I will do everything I can to press into this. And we will do our best to maintain Lighthouse Vineyard Church, to maintain the body of Christ, to maintain community. And I am determined that during this season, when it ends, and we, we know it will end, we just don't know when it will end, that on the other side of this, our church will be stronger. Our church will be uh, tighter. Our church will have people who are deeper in their spiritual walks. So that's my goal, and I'm determined to push through that, and I need you to join me in that. I, I, my prayer is that each one of us takes it upon ourselves to go deeper during this season because that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. And again, reach out to me if you have any questions or needs along the way. All right? Well, let me pray, and then uh, I'll let you guys go into your discussion questions. So, Father, we come to you, and thank you so much for the gift of technology that we can stream this message together and still stay connected even though we're miles apart, Father. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and our minds that we would be the light of Christ in the midst of a dark situation, Lord. Let us not retreat fearfully into our homes, Lord, but let us open up our doors to those in need and share the truth and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ to everyone around us, God. And Lord, I pray for your protection over everyone around us, Father, that they would not get this virus, and if they do, that it would be just a mild case, Lord. We pray for your protection. And Lord, I do pray for our government officials and our our doctors out there and pharmacists, Lord, let them find a cure quickly. Let them find a cure quickly, Lord. And we praise you, Lord, for all that you've done to prepare us for this. And I praise you, Lord, for all you will do to carry us through it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so go be the church. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.